Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. God is all about diversity, amen? He puts us together in a body and we are so different from each other and God says that's wonderful. In Ephesians 3, it says that through the church, through us, God shows his multicolored or multifaceted wisdom to the whole world. God loves diversity and he puts people with certain gifts together with people of other gifts and together we represent Jesus. It's not one person or a small group, it's all of us. That's the the main meaning behind this passage. And he goes on later to say we're like a human body. And one part of the body can't say I'm the only part. It needs the other parts of the body to live. We need all of us involved. But then he goes on to say, uh, verse Seven, but the manifestation of the Spirit, and I said last week that there's manifestations of gifts of Jesus, gifts of God the Father, and then gifts of the Spirit. We're looking at the gifts of the Holy Spirit today and for the, for the last week and for the next few weeks. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Who is the Spirit It's the spirit of Jesus. At least four times in the Bible, the Holy Spirit is called the spirit of Jesus or the spirit of Christ. In one verse, Romans 8 verse 9, he's called the spirit of God the Father and the spirit of Jesus and the Holy Spirit all in one verse. And that's where we get our idea of the Trinity from. He's a Holy Spirit, he's separate, but he's actually the spirit of Jesus. And so when Jesus was about to leave planet Earth in John 14, he says to his disciples, I'm not gonna leave you as orphans. You can imagine them saying, oh Jesus, why are you going? In fact, in John 16, he says, it's to your advantage that I go because I'm gonna send the Holy Spirit, the helper, the comforter. But in John 14, he says, I'm not gonna leave you as orphans. I'm gonna give you another Comforter, counselor, the same word, parakletos, is translated comforter, counselor, helper, advocate, friend. It's the idea of Jesus was with them and their their healer, their teacher, their comforter. Can you imagine when they're down and they're, they're feeling low, Jesus would come along and say, don't worry, Nathaniel, it's okay. And he would give him strength and comfort. Jesus said, I'm not gonna leave you alone. I'm sending you another And that word another, there's two Greek words that mean another. One means another that's different. That's the word heteros. And the other word means another that's exactly the same, and that's alos. Jesus used that word. He said, I'm gonna send you another exactly the same friend, comforter, counselor, healer, and he was with you, but now he's gonna be in you. That's the Holy Spirit. I hope that you get the idea. The Holy Spirit is not a weird kind of ghost-like figure. He is the spirit of Jesus, but instead of him walking along next to us, he's inside us. Man, that's enough to praise God for, isn't it? Jesus said, it's better for you that I go. Why? Because he used to only be able to be in one location at one time, but now he says, I can be in you all the time. 
It's better for, it's to your advantage that I go because then I can send my spirit to be in you. Isn't that wonderful? Do you have the Holy Spirit in you? Before I go on, I must just ask you, do you know Jesus? Because we're going to be talking about healing today and he wants to heal people. But if you've given your life to Jesus, it's like you've got not just the gift of healing, you've got the actual healer living inside of you. And I want you to have that today. So if you don't know Jesus, maybe you walked in today and you said, I'll try this church. Maybe you've been going to church for years but you don't know him as that personal comforter and counselor who's with you, inside you every day, comforting you, guiding you, speaking to you, helping you. If you don't know him, right now we're gonna pray a prayer and I'm gonna give you an opportunity to ask him to come in. When we pray that prayer, we say to him, Lord, I need you. I can't be good enough for my own. I have sinned and I don't deserve heaven. He then comes and he forgives us He washes us clean. He makes us brand new on the inside and he fills us with himself. So if you want to pray that prayer, let's bow our heads right now. I'm going to ask you while our heads are bowed, I'm going to pray the prayer out loud, but I want you to just stick your hand up in the air if you're praying this prayer with me. So I'm about to start the prayer, but if you want to pray this prayer, just raise your hands so that I know who you are and we pray together. Right. Raise your hand if that's you. Lord Jesus, I confess I need you. I believe in you. Thank you for living and dying for me. Thank you for dying so that I can be forgiven. Here I am, a sinner. Please forgive me. Wash me clean. Make me new and fill me with your presence. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for making me new. In Jesus' name, I am now your child. Amen. Amen. That's the prayer we pray, folks, and it's enough. He said, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You don't have to be a a good person. You don't have to attend so many meetings. You just call on him, and he comes in and makes you new. Now we're ready for for the healing. So let's read on. We remember we're reading the verses about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. He says, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Did you notice that? That contrast, to each one for the profit of all. To each one for the profit of all. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to you. You're one, aren't you? You're one of us. You say, no, no, that verse applies to everyone else in this room except me. No, no. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to you. You're one of us for the profit of all. It's for the benefit of others. These gifts that he's about to list are for the benefit of other people. You know, um, my son is at university and he has my credit card. I don't know if that was a wise decision, but I've given him access to all of my funds. And he can use any of my money at any time he wants to. He has all of my resources. But there are certain times when I say to him, son, I want you to please do a special thing. Buy a thing for someone else or pay this money for a certain purpose or register for a certain thing and I give him an instruction to use my money for a certain thing. At other times he uses it just for food and for whatever he needs. Friends, it's like that 
as a Christian. The Holy Spirit is given to every Christian. Please listen. This is so important, and this is so different to what you might have heard before about the gifts of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit, not just the gift, but the actual person of the Spirit, the giver of the gifts, is in you as a Christian. You have all of God's resources for you at any time you want. You have God's credit card. You have the Holy Spirit in you. For anything you need, at any time, He is there and He has given you, let me put it in a, another way, He has given you all nine of the gifts of the Spirit for your own personal use, all the time, at any time you want. But there are some times where He says, I want you to use that gift, healing, prophecy, whatever it is, that gift, for that person. He gives you an instruction to use it. You've got it for yourself, all the time, but he gives you a specific instruction to use a specific gift for a, a certain person or circumstance, and that is what these gifts are for. He says, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all, for other people's benefit, but all through the Bible, especially the New Testament, the message is the Holy Spirit is available to you all the time for everything you need. These gifts are not for you, they're for a certain purpose to help somebody else. Now, why is that important? Because how many of us have been laboring under this wrong thought, I don't have the gift of prophecy. I don't have the gift of healing. Therefore, I can't receive healing. I need to find someone who has the gift and go and get them to pray for me and then I can be healed. No, you have the credit card. The gift is only when God wants you to give it to somebody else. Does that make sense? I'm not sure you're getting this, but I'll, I'll expand on this point a bit more. So he says, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. And then he lists them. And we went through the first two last week. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit. To another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another interpretation of tongues. The one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. And then the rest of the chapter is talking about how we need each other. These gifts are to bless other people in the church, but especially outside the church. You say to me, why do you think it's for outside the church? Because when Jesus promised the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 1, he said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit's come upon you, and you will be my witnesses. The reason for these gifts, the primary reason, is to reach the lost. And so when we're out on the streets, let me, let me try and make this practical for you. There are nine gifts listed. Wisdom, knowledge, faith, healings, um, miracles, discernment, tongues, prophecy, inter uh, and interpretation. I have all of those. I have God's credit card, and when I go out on the streets, I have God's wisdom, I have God's knowledge. The Bible tells me I already have the mind of Christ, 1 Corinthians 2. 
First John tells me, I already know all things. I have all wisdom. I have all knowledge. In Ephesians 1 verse 17, Paul prays, Lord, I pray that you would bless them with wisdom and knowledge. I already have wisdom and knowledge. I already have faith. Otherwise, I'm not a Christian. I already have healing, and I'm going to talk about that today. I already have the ability to prophesy because in 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 21, he says you can all prophesy. I already have the ability to speak in tongues. So verse 23, he says you can all prophesy. Sorry, you can all speak in tongues. Verse 31, he says you can all prophesy. I already have all these gifts in me. As I go out on the streets, I have the credit card and I have the ability to use God's wisdom, God's knowledge, God's faith for myself. But suddenly, God phones me up from heaven and he says, you see that person listening to Chris Lewis singing and busking? They have a need for reconciliation with someone in their family and he downloads knowledge to me. And then he says, and they've got a sore elbow and he downloads the gifts of healing for that person to me. And then he says, and I'm giving you faith to believe it can happen because they don't have faith enough themselves to believe it can happen. And he gives me the gift of faith. Can you see? I already have the Holy Spirit and all the gifts and the credit card of God, but the gifts that he's speaking of here are not for me. They're to help somebody who needs God's help in a certain circumstance. And the, the reason many of us don't experience these gifts is A, because we think I don't already have them for myself, and B, because we never put ourselves in a place where we can exercise them for another person. If I don't go out and on the front line where God's wanting to reach people, I'll never have the chance to see him use me in these gifts. All right, so those are the gifts that God has given us. But today I wanna to talk about faith and healings. Do you agree with me that every Christian has to have faith, otherwise you're not a Christian? I hope you do. Ephesians 2 verse 8 to 9 says, we are saved by grace through faith. And this is not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not by works so that it, no one can boast. Without faith, you cannot be a Christian. It, uh, Hebrews 11 verse 6, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Every Christian has faith. Every Christian has wisdom. Every Christian has knowledge. Every Christian has all of these things because we have the Holy Spirit. But there are times when God gives you an extra download of faith, an instruction to use faith for someone else because the other person doesn't have enough faith. And it's usually linked to healings and miracles. And so I feel I can be in a place and I feel like God wants to heal someone, but they don't have enough faith yet. And so God gives me an overflow of faith so that my faith can make up for their lack of faith. Do you remember when Jesus was walking into a town called Nain and there was a widow walking along with her only son in the coffin? There was a funeral procession. Jesus walks up and he touches the, the casket and he says, get up to the dead person. That dead person didn't have faith, and the mother, the widow, didn't have faith. Jesus had the gift of faith, enough faith, to make up for both of them having no faith. That's what this gift of faith is. It's a, a confidence in me. I always have to have faith because I'm a Christian, but suddenly I get an extra amount of it for me, but especially to make up for the other person's lack. That's the gift of faith. 
you say, I'm not sure I've ever had that, just put yourself in a, in a spot where somebody needs God and you will find it comes to you. And then healings. I want to talk about healings quickly. And I really am praying this is not a nice sermon that helps you feel good, but that actually we walk out from here and we start using healing. Right. Have you ever wondered why healing is such a big deal in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts? Have you ever wondered about it? I'll be honest with you. As a Christian, I'd been a Christian for maybe 10 years before I started realizing there's a discrepancy between what I read in the Bible and what I see in church. When I read the Bible, every single page of the Gospels is talking about Jesus healing someone or on his way to heal someone or coming back from healing someone. Every single time we see Jesus, he's healing someone. Have you ever thought about that? And then I look at my Christian life and I look at church and I look at what we talk about in church and we don't talk about healing and we don't see much healing. Would you agree? Why is healing such a big deal? There's a story in Luke chapter six where it talks about Jesus, verse 17. It says, he came down with them and stood on a level place with a crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people, listen to this, from all Judea, so that's the whole country, all of Jerusalem, from the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon, that's another two whole countries, they all came to hear him and be healed of their diseases, as well as those who were tormented with the unclean spirits, and they were healed. And the whole multitude sought to touch him, for power went out from him and healed them all. What is the hallmark of Jesus? Is it his kindness? Is it his clever way of speaking? Is it his genuine compassion? Yes, all of those, but the main thing is his healing. It's the main thing about Jesus. Acts 10 verse 38 says, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. You know, Jesus never once said no to someone who asked for healing. There's not a single case where Jesus said to someone, no, God wants you to stay sick. Or no, we can't do that right now. There's one time in Mark chapter six where Jesus wanted to heal them, but because of their unbelief and because they didn't recognize him as being God, it says he could do no mighty works there except heal a few people. He wants to heal and every time someone said to him, heal me please, he said yes. There are at least 13 times in the, in the Gospels and the book of Acts that I've been able to count where it says he healed everyone, everyone who was present. You know, in a crowd of people, there are some who are fervently with him, there are some who are on the fence checking him out, and there are always some who are against him. That's just the way of the world, and yet they all got healed, even the ones who were against him, even the ones who didn't have faith in him. Hebrews 1 says that Jesus is the express image of God. It says he's the brightness of God's glory. 
We're told in Colossians 2 that in, in the Old Testament, we saw a shadow of what God was, was all about, a shadow of Christ. But then Jesus comes and he's the express image, the exact representation of God the Father. And Jesus healed a lot. In fact, all the time. And so I've, I have to understand from this that all through the Old Testament, God says he wants to heal. He, uh, Psalm 103 says he forgives all my sins, he heals all my diseases. Um, in Exodus, God says, I am the Lord who heals you, Jehovah Rapha. He says, it's my name, the God who heals you. Malachi says, the son of righteousness will arise with healing in his wings. Psalm 107 says, when they came out of the promised land, none of them were sick. God wants to heal. He always has wanted to heal, but suddenly Jesus comes on the scene and he heals everybody. And I have to realize that healing is God's business. God loves to heal. He wants to heal. He always wants to heal. He never says no to healing. Never, ever. And the reason is this, and it's an important reason. Please, I want you to really hear this. The very beginning, the Garden of Eden, there was no sickness, there was no dying, there was no suffering, there was no pain. At the end, in heaven, there's no suffering, no tears, no crying, no pain, no sickness, no death. The only reason for sickness and death in the world is because of human sin and I'm not saying if you're sick, you've sinned. I'm saying human sin has caused sickness and death in the world. There was a time when the disciples came to Jesus. They said, why did that person, is it because of their sin that that happened? Is it because of their sin that that happened? There was one time when a tower fell on some people. He said, it's not because they're worse people. There was another time where people were slaughtered. And he says, it's not because they were sinners. Another time, a, a sick man came and they said, did he sin or his parents sin? Jesus said, no, no, it's not because of their sin. It's because of human sin that sickness is in the world. And God's main purpose throughout the whole Bible is to restore us back where sin separated us from God. He wants to get rid of that separation and part of the sign of that is not just forgiveness of sin, but healing. They go together. It's not just like healing's a little added extra to the gospel. It is central to the gospel. Isaiah 53. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. In other words, he, he was hurt because of our sin. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Friends, healing is God's will. Healing is God's plan. It's his purpose. I said that Jesus never said no to anyone who wanted healing. There was one time where he said no, but he was just testing a lady's faith. Do you remember in Matthew 15, I believe it is, where a lady, a Canaanite woman, comes to Jesus and said, please would you heal my daughter, and he ignores her. And then the disciples say, please help her. And he says, I was just sent to the Israelites, not to the Canaanites. And then the woman presses him and he says, it's not right to give the children's bread to the little puppies. He's calling her a little dog. 
And she says, yes, but even the little puppies eat the crumbs that fall from the table. And he says, yes, I'll heal your daughter. He knew she had faith. He just was trying to bring it out of her. But I want you to notice that he called healing the children's bread. Friend, you're a child of God. That's why I prayed that prayer at the beginning. You're a Christian. It's your bread. In Luke 11, verse 11, Jesus said, if, which of you fathers, if your son comes and asks for bread, will give him a snake? I think it is, or a stone. We'll give him a stone. It's your bread. And then he goes on to say, if you ask your father for the Holy Spirit, he will give him. Friend, you not only need the gift of healing, in fact, you don't need it because you've got the healer. You've got the Holy Spirit. He's the Spirit of Jesus, and he wants to come and fill you. And then once he's in us, we just listen to him. We love him. We worship him. We allow him to direct our lives, and healing starts to flow. Many of us can testify to this. I can testify to this. He starts in your spirit, and then he starts to affect your emotions and your mind and your, your will and your decisions and your character, and you start to find healing flowing in your life because the healer is in you, and as he fills you, he heals you. And then you start to see it happening in your body, and you start to realize, I have the Holy Spirit in me. I can be healed of, of all sorts of things. The gift of healing is for others, but the healer himself is inside you. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes. And please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a donation on the giving page of leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.